if you would please uh, take out your Bibles. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right in um, to our text today, and uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking. Actually, uh, I think I I wrote the wrong text in uh, in the bulletin. It's not Mark chapter six. It's John chapter six. So if you would uh, turn to John chapter six. Thank you. Um, and we're gonna just look at one verse today. This one verse uh, that in many ways uh, is odd to preach in an Advent season because it's uh, not like, it's not super related to, uh, like on the surface of it, it's not super related to Advent season. And yet, um, as we dig into it, I hope you see, this has everything to do with the Advent season. Um, So John chapter six, um, you can see it in your bulletins. Listen as I read it. Verse 37, everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. Um, Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that we have this uh, just firm, solid promise from you, um, Father, that you give your people to um, your Son. And as we come to the Son, uh, he never will cast us out. Uh, Lord, yeah, <laughs> how can we say thank you um, enough for that? So, Lord, warm our hearts with love for you. Sharpen our minds, Lord, that we might uh, hear your word, that we might know it to be true. And then, Lord, that you might change our hearts as we live as the beloved. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Um, we're coming up on the Christmas season, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty amped to get my Christmas gifts. Uh, I hope they're good this year. Um, I don't know, uh, you you may be a good Christmas gift giver. I, I tend to think that I am really good at giving uh, Christmas gifts. Uh, my kids, uh, all they have to do is mention they want something during this season. And I'm like, I'm like, dang, I'm buying that. Um, now my wife is like, throttle it back some, Joel. Uh, you know, we've still got to pay our mortgage. But I'm like, let's just buy everything, you know, and make it fun. I, I don't know how your family is when you receive gifts. In my family, we do this thing where we draw names and we do like $50 gifts. You know, it's like, ah, 50 bucks. We're only buying for one person. That's it. They tell us what they want. We buy it from them. No surprise no fun it's just kind of a like here's your 50 bucks um i don't know i I, my 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 other side of the family my wife's side of the family they're they're just complete uh savages um like when they get their gift if it's not exactly what they want um then they'll let you know um i remember i remember one christmas uh i think it was my sister-in-law who i love dearly um, she got something and she just looked at it and started laughing um, because it was like the complete opposite thing of what she had wanted. She just started laughing about it. And when we asked her, like, what do you like? She's like, this isn't even close. Why would I ever want something like this? I mean, it was, it was Christmas Eve and she's saying this. And, of course, they all laugh about it because they're just used to that, right? It's like a natural part of their family. Whereas my family, it's like if you don't get what you want, then you put on the fake smile. You know what I'm talking about. Like the total, like, ah, yeah, this is great. Thanks. 
really going to enjoy this forever. And then you're immediately thinking whether or not that person will ever be like a part of the white elephant gift exchange you're about to give their gift to. Um, today, we're going to look at this passage. Um, this passage is really beautiful. Um, in fact, it's just completely gripped my heart for the last two weeks. I haven't been able to stop thinking about this passage of Scripture. Especially as we come up on the Christmas season and we think about gift giving. Um, I just have a, a really simple thought I want to get through to you guys today. And um, we'll see if I can do it. It's just simply this. You are the Father's gift to the Son. You're the Father's gift to the Son. And the Son loves His gifts. The Son loves His gifts. So live as the Beloved. That's just it. You are the Father's gift to the Son, and the Son loves His gifts, so you can live as the Beloved. We're going to just pick that that phrase apart as we look at at this verse. Um first point you're the father's gift to the son look down at your bibles john 6 37 everyone the father gives me will come to me so we pick this apart we we, like you have to be struck by this everyone that the father or all that the father gives to the son Just think about this word, everyone or all. There's no one who the Father gives to the Son that the Son does not receive as a gift. (laughs) You are God's gift, God the Father's gift to the Son. Now I haven't I haven't started all my Christmas shopping yet. I've bought some stuff. And I know the joy and the pleasure that I get from giving someone something they really love. You are the Father's gift to the Son. Everyone who the Father gives to the Son, the Son receives with joyfulness, with gladness. You see, and it's the Father who's giving you. God the Father. So often we think that God the Father is like the angry one in the relationship. And then God the Son's the loving one in the relationship. Notice this immense act of love. God the Father from all eternity purposed for you to be saved. For you to be his gift to the Son. You see, this this is a loving Father giving giving his son exactly what his son wants. (laughs) You are that gift. And everyone who the Father gives will be saved. You're exactly, you're exactly the gift that Jesus wanted. Um, Just meditate on that for a moment. You with all of your issues, with all of your hang-ups, with all of your sins, you are exactly the gift that Jesus wanted. The 
Father gives you particularly. What's interesting about this is this is a past tense verb. It's actually perfect tense. This has already taken place. The Father has given you to the Son as this perfect gift. And you will come. There's not a possibility of this not happening. Once the Father purposes it, it's going to happen. But notice, in your coming, there's no conditionality to it. There's no sense in which God is saying, all those who the Father gives me will come if they. But they. When they. There's none of that. All who the Father gives will come. This truth has really, uh, really sunk home for me uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, as I've sat there and just meditated on this year and all of the all of the dumpster fire of this year that's been my life, the significant bouts of depression, uh, multiple people dying in my family, um, immense amounts of pain. A, just a boatload of sin. Um, probably bigger than a boatload. Probably like a tanker load of sin. Um, as I meditate on that reality, God, there is no conditionality to God's giving me to the Son as His perfect, prized treasure. Second point. The Son loves His gifts. The Father gives you as a gift. The Son loves His gifts. Here we read about this reality that we come. We respond. All those the Father gives will come to me. And the one who comes, I will not cast out. God changes our hearts. He morphs our hearts in such a way that we're moved towards Him. God works in us so that we long to be with Christ, so that we want to be forgiven. And you see what happens is we come not to a set of doctrines, not to a, not to a set of polity, not to an idea, not to an ideal. We come to a person, to a person who loves his gifts, who longs for relationship, who desires to be a part of us. You see, this is the beautiful thing about this verse to me. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes I will never cast out. So often my life is racked with fear. Um, fear wondering if I'm actually loved by God. Uh, and my, my like physical experiences add to that. Um, it's like, God, if you really loved me, why this? Uh, this might be TMI, but it's okay. Like I'm, I'm going to share it anyways. Um, you know, I, I get ready to go last week um, to get ready to preach at a church in San Diego. Um, I'm 
putting the finishing touches on my sermon. It's Saturday night. I go in, and my kidneys are like a rock quarry. Like, I just produce kidney stones like crazy. Um, in fact, I've, I'm, like, working on one right now as I'm standing here. I can even feel it. Um, and I pass three kidney stones on Saturday night before I go to preach. Um like, God, do you really love me? <laughs> like, am I a part of the beloved? Um, you see, Jesus Jesus' love for us is not contingent. Jesus' commitment to us is not contingent. I was talking to my barber yesterday. As you can tell, I got freshened up a little bit uh, before coming up here. I had family pictures. He and I were just sitting in his barber shop for about two hours, chopping it up um, as he was trimming me up. And he's a guy who who I really enjoy his company. We've been he's been my bar my barber for about six years. Um, and inevitably, we always talk about things. You know, we talk about what's going on in the world. We talk about about our marriages. We talk about our kids. We talk about sports. But inevitably, we start to talk about faith. Because he knows I'm a pastor. Um, and we got there this time. And he kept telling me, Joel, I just don't... Like, I believe in Jesus, but I just don't think that he loves me. I think that my commitment to him just isn't good enough. He's like, when I want to be committed to something, like, I'm all in. Um, In his words, he's like, I'm ride or die committed. Like, we're going to go, and we're going to go, and I'm going to stick with it, or I'm going to die. That's the only thing that's going to pry me off of it. And he's like, I just don't feel that way towards God. And I was like, you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> like, first of all, welcome to the club. Uh, like, none of us feels that way towards God. But second of all, God knows that about you. He knows that you're not ride or die with him. But the reality is that Jesus is that way with you. Except for he actually did die. My barber, for the first time that we've ever talked, um, over the last six years, he was just struck by this reality that Jesus' love for him is not contingent on his commitment to Jesus. Jesus' commitment to him, Jesus' faithfulness to him, is not contingent on his faithfulness to Jesus. You see, that's the beauty of this passage, friends. All those who come to Christ, he will never cast off. Think about that for a minute. Jesus never gets tired of you. (laughs) You sin in the same old way that you've sinned for your whole life. Jesus never looks at you and is like, "Ah, I'm done with that guy. I'm done with her. Jesus is never like that. 
I was reading, I've been reading this book by John Bunyan. Um, you know him, he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. And it's, uh, this book, it's called Come and Welcome to Jesus Christ. And like I said before, you know, Puritans, they just write a ton. Um, he wrote 250 pages on this one verse. Um, it's pretty, pretty uh, in-depth. <laughs> but I love it. Listen to this quote from it. He says this, uh, they that are coming to Jesus Christ are often uh, heartily afraid or very afraid that Jesus Christ will not receive them. This observation is implied in the text. I gather it from the largeness and the openness of the promise. I will in no wise cast out. For had there been a proneness in us to fear casting out, Christ needed to have set aside that fear. And he does this... Um, this great and by this great and strange expression, like in no way, in no wise, for this word, in no wise, cuts the throat of all objections. And it was used by the Lord Jesus Christ for that very end to help the faith that is mixed with unbelief. But I'm a great sinner, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I'm an old sinner, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I'm a hard-hearted sinner, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I'm a backsliding sinner, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I've served Satan all my days, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. I've sinned against light, say you I will in no wise cast out I I've sinned against mercy say you I will in no wise cast out says Christ but I have no good thing to bring with me say you I will in no wise cast out says Christ this promise was provided to answer all objections and does answer them See, brothers and sisters, this is what we what we celebrate during the Advent. The Advent is Jesus. It's Jesus taking on himself flesh so that you and I can live, can live in light of the secure promise that he will never cast us out. We can live as the beloved last point living is the beloved um what would life look like to be without fear of god <laughs> um not fear of god like respect but fear of god like i'm afraid god's gonna squish me um what would life look like if you just lived that way what would life look like if you never had to question god's love for you What would it look like for you if you actually were able to live into the security of this promise? Well, I dare say it looked like joy. <laughs> it looked like peace. It looked like patience. It looked like long-suffering. It looked like self-control. It would look like living in light of Christ, being conformed into His image. 
I've been reading a book called Abba's Child uh, by a guy named Brennan Manning. Um, and in this book, uh, he, he talks about the reality that he's always kind of questioned whether or not he was God's child. Um, whether or not God actually loved him, whether or not he was actually a part of the beloved of God. He was talking to a friend of his, and his friend explained to him the beauty of salvation, the beauty of what we read about in this verse, and he said for the first time it was like he could breathe. It was like he could rest. It's like he could stop trying to prove himself to God. To live in the security of God's love for him. It's a great book. If you don't own it, I'm going to encourage you to buy it. It's called Gentle and Lowly uh, by a guy named Dane Ortland. Um, this would be, uh, if you receive this Christmas gift uh, this year, like be stoked because this is a pretty, pretty phenomenal book. Um, it's probably the best book I've read in the last two or three years. Um, just dynamite. Meditations on the Heart of Christ. Gentle and Lowly. He says this, meditating on this verse. Have you considered what's true of you if you were in Christ? In order to fall short of the loving embrace into the heart of Christ, both now and into eternity, Christ himself would have to be pulled down out of heaven and put back in the grave. His death and resurrection make it just for Christ never to cast out his own, no matter how often they fall. But animating this work of Christ is the heart of Christ. He can't bear to part with his own, even when they most deserve to be forsaken. But I raise your objections, and none can threaten these invincible words. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. May the Father grip your heart with this reality as you walk through the Advent season, that Jesus came, He received you as His gift, and He will never cast you out. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank You so much that You give us this firm promise. Um, this firm promise that when you when we come to you, when you receive this gift of us uh, in all of our messiness and all of our brokenness, you'll never cast us off. We always can live secure in your love. Lord, thank you. As we go through this Advent season and we meditate on the reality that you, God, came to earth, as we think and we receive gifts, help us never to lose sight of the reality that we are the Father's gift to you, Jesus. Um, Spirit, drive that deep into our hearts, we pray, so we might live as the beloved. Amen.